Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek Podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 74 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today I'm excited to be joined by Ariel Rada from the Geek 101 podcast. How you doing? Hey Joe, I'm, I'm really good. I'm glad to be on the show today. Yeah, I'm, we're, we're really excited to have you. Uh, before we get too far in, we want to learn a little bit more about you. So uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, like you said, I'm the uh, co-host of the Geek 101 podcast, where my co-host Mike and I we just we talk all the happenings in, in geekdom today, and we cover any movies and, and major topics and answer any questions that you might want from a, a Geek 101 perspective, like a Math 101 class. Um, you know, I just, I'm from Jersey and I, I, I podcast and I write and I try to keep up with all the crazy superhero stuff that's going on. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite area of, of, uh, geekdom, you know, areas where your geekitude is particularly high? Yeah, I, I think, um, I think superheroes is my main, uh, it's my main area of, of geekitude. You know, I was kind of conditioned from a young age to, to you know, Batman the animated series and Spider Man and and X Men and stuff like that. So uh, maybe not not so much modern comic books, but the history of the Big Two and the MCU films, and unfortunately the DC extended universe as well. But uh, superheroes is my my main squeeze when it comes to geekdom. So uh, so you're you're not one of the the holdouts on the uh, DC cinematic universe. Uh, I uh, to be fair, I haven't liked anything since The Dark Knight Rises. But I will continue to watch um, uh, for the sake of the podcast at this point. But my co-host famously says, if Wonder Woman's bad, he's done. And I'm going to have to get guests for my next couple of shows. <laughs> I don't blame him. Um, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, of all the movies coming out this year, I feel like Wonder Woman is the most important. And if they don't yes. get it right, they're they're just done. 
Yeah. And they're not going to know that they're done <laughs> because they're going to just keep going. I mean, the, the the greatest sin that the DC universe commits is that they just really don't understand who their characters are. Uh, Superman is violent, angry, and allows people to die around him all the time. And Batman just loves guns for some really weird reason and is willing to murder people. It's just when you get down to the core, you have to understand who your main characters are, right? That's why Spider-Man is always at the forefront of Marvel um, and why it was so important for them to bring it back. He's their biggest property. And Batman and Superman are DC's biggest property. And since they don't get them right, nothing in that universe will be right until it's done. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, are there areas where your geekitude is low, where you kind of slink out of the conversation when it shifts to that topic? Yeah, um, the biggest thing I think is uh, is like board games and, and Dungeons and Dragons and, and card games like Magic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really I'm not really into that. And, and my co-host is famous famously, you know, likes to rag on me for it, but it's just not something I ever really got into. Uh, also, PC gaming is something that. I, I never really got into as well because I just I never had the hardware for it. I was always a console guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So while I do love video games, you know, like Call of Duty and Halo and stuff, like StarCraft, Counter Strike, all of those things eluded me for so long, and they're still very big, like League of Legends and World of Warcraft at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have uh, a what, what what console do you work off of? Uh, I have an Xbox One that that. Is just gathering dust, uh, but I play my, my PS4 lately is what is, um, when I do have time for video games, that is what I tend to fire up. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm a PC gamer, and so I, I, <laughs> I have all these games that people talk about, and I'm like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to hop on PC, you know, for the next iteration of games, like for the new, uh, Destiny 2 and, 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 you know, the next, whenever StarCraft or, or the next Overwatch update. I'd like to get on that soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's a lot of fun stuff out there, and it's kind of, like, there is at some point, there is going to be one system to rule them all. <laughs> That'll just yeah, kind of pull the it all are together. Yeah. We're just not quite there yet. Absolutely. Uh, Blizzard's trying to get some of their stuff to go cl- cross-platform. It's just not, it's just not happening. Yeah, they're they're really stubborn. I don't think it's particularly difficult with today's technology, Mm-mm. but nobody's willing unless it's Rocket League, right? So right, right, right. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Well, speaking of uh, one one system to to rule them all, do you have a favorite out there? Do you have a favorite fandom that you kind of follow and always stick with? Marvel is definitely my. Uh, I mean, like I said, the, the comic books right now are a little too unfocused and a little too shatter, scattershot for me mm-hmm, to really mm-hmm. enjoy it. But uh, um, X-Men was long time my favorite. I love Captain America and Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, but as of right now, I think Star Wars is the one that throughout the years has never, my interest has never waned. Um, video games, TV shows, um, and, and of course even the extended universe back when it was still around. I, I had read a couple of books and Star Wars is amazingly has stood the test of time with my fandom and, and everyone else's too. You know, it's a fif- almost 50 year old franchise. Yeah, no, and, and I think I was saying on our last episode with Void, um, I, it's amazing that we live in a world where we're getting new Star Wars every year. Like, it, yeah, yeah. never would I have thought. Absolutely. Did you see the trailer? Well, of course you saw the trailer. Of but, course. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think of the trailer? I think it showed us great imagery 
that prove that Ryan Johnson is, of course, as we all knew, a great director visually. Uh, and it gave us glimpse, glimpses of what may happen in the film without telling us anything that's going to happen. And I think that's the perfect way to make a trailer. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have been complaining, putting that up against um, Spider-Man and saying, you know, this is the way to do it because with Spider-Man, we kind of already know what's happening at this point. Yeah, that was that was rough. Yeah. yeah. Now, is there anything out there that is kind of unknown, but you just geek out about it all the time and you really wish more people would jump on the bandwagon? Uh, yeah, actually, I was thinking about this. The news came out that... Um, What's his name? Seth Rogen and, and, and the other guy whose name escapes me, they're making an invincible comic or invincible movie out of the comic book. And that is my favorite comic book, right? Even though I'm a Marvel stan and, and I love Star Wars and all that, that's my favorite comic book. I love it so much more than The Walking Dead, which I think the show has become a travesty at this point. Uh, but I just want more people to read that series because I think at least, you know, the first 10 issues, the first arc is, is incredible. And I want people to get on board so that the movie is successful. So that's I'm kind of trying to campaign for people to start reading that book more. Now, you said it was Seth Rogen doing it. Is yes, because I, I <laughs> he he did Green Hornet, right? Well, yeah. So he was. I mean, he helped make that, and it wasn't great. Um, and of course, he's not going to be the the titular superhero Invincible. But you want to look at what he just did with Preacher as kind of the basis on what you think he can do with Invincible. Okay. Now, if you take Preacher's um, general feel, kind of the violence, the seriousness behind it, give it his lighter comedic tone and, and take the fight scene from, from Man of Steel and kind of meld that into into this one movie, that's that's the type of movie you would want. Okay. Uh, it's It's a difficult pitch. It's a big story. And, and I don't know how many movies they would need to make to to get all of it told. Um, but after watching, you know, I wa- I just watched the pilot of preacher, but after watching that, it tells me that Seth Rogen's not just, you know, a, a fat boy who's high. Uh, he can make kind of serious, dramatic, uh, comic book based properties into, into film or into the screen. That's good. That's good. Because as soon as you said Seth Rogen, I'm like, well, that's not necessarily the direction I would think you'd want to go with because I don't know a lot no. about that sto- that storyline, but I do I do have an idea, and I'm like I don't think that's quite what you're looking for. Yeah, I, you know I don't want knocked up the the, the superhero movie, right? No, like, no, not at all. Uh, but you would never guess that he made Preacher, right? You never no, I, I was completely unaware. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out. It's one of it's been on that long list that kind of sits in the back of your mind of things that you really have to get to at some point. <laughs> yeah, I have to bump it up on the list. Right. Do you have anything uh, you're working on right now? What's what's going on with uh, Geek 101? Any other projects beyond that? Um. Yeah. So we we do have the Geek 101 podcast. I want to transition into getting a YouTube channel up along with that. Mm-hmm. Uh. To kind of get more snippets you know something like here's everything you need to know about star lord from the comics to the movies to everything you know quick two minute videos that people are just more willing to watch than an hour long podcast episode right yeah um i also have another podcast that i'm working on um which i really haven't put out too much into to media but it's called my life playlist and it's a music-based podcast where you create a playlist of songs that reflect 
who you are as a person and the major events in your life. Uh, so it's a 10 to 20 long, like song long playlist. And, and what we, what I'd like to do is to get guests on and they would make this playlist and we talk about it. We talk about your life. We talk about the music that accompanies it. And it's something so much deeper than just, Oh, these are my 10 favorite songs. Right. Um, you would have things like, I don't know, like Dancing in the Moonlight is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. And I would never put that on this playlist because it has nothing to do with who I am as a person. But um, you can also, like, there's, uh, I don't know if you've heard Adam's Song by Blink-182. Probably, but I'm I'm not a music geek. That's where my geek attitude is low. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a particularly big fan. But that song is on there because it's about someone committing suicide. And I had a, a dear friend who, who did such did that and and that is something that's on my list and someone would be like hey your musical stylings are not do, don't fit this why is this on your list um and, you know i have some some indie artists and some podcasters out there who are working on their list and hopefully i'll have them on to interview for this p- project i think that's just an awesome idea that's a really like it sounds like it will be a very very engaging podcast it's awesome yeah so the tagline is is my life playlist your life and someone else's melody wow that's deep, dude. <laughs> yeah. like Everyone's that. like, people message me like, why did you make me do this? I'm, I'm like, I'm so sad right now reflecting on my life through music. And I'm like, but it's a good exercise and you really like it. And, and, you know, a lot of people like the idea. So I'm, I'm working on that. I've, I've maybe in the next six months or so that should be up as a podcast. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let us know. And, and, um, we haven't, we haven't geeked out about music. So when, when you're getting ready to launch, let us know and we'll, uh, We'll have you back on. Absolutely. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> everyone, it, everyone gets that reaction when I pitch the idea. And I, so that like every time I give it, I get this, wow, that's deep. Like, I think that's great. Right. I think that this, this means that this is a good idea that people are willing to invest into. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially if you if you've got a way for people to share those playlists. And I guess with Spotify and all the other right, yeah. things out there, it's perfect because then you just label it. You know your, um, you know whatever you want your your code for your show to be, and then so and so's life playlist. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Very very cool. I'm excited about that idea. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm geeking out about your your unmade <laughs> podcast. Um. Well, that's awesome. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about what we're what we're currently geeking out about. Um, okay. This was the week that just would not end. <laughs> I don't know if it happened for you, but a lot of people that I talked to were like, oh my god, this week just won't stop. Um, and, uh, and so I did not get a lot of geeking out in. But I did do one thing that I'm ridiculously excited about, and unless you're a PC gamer, it's probably not that big of a deal for you. <laughs> but um we got new office furniture. Oh, that's actually, you know, I I can see how that's great, you know? Yeah, it's just one of those things where we'd been working off of like these tiny little um crate and barrel metal things for forever, for years. And I just with the amount of equipment I have and right. podcasting stuff and game stuff and it's just like there was no room to do anything so uh they were they were delivered on monday and i finally today and yesterday got a chance to kind of start putting it together and and getting it all set up and it's just so nice to have everything kind of clean and new 
and spacious. <laughs> and so it's not really traditionally geeky, but oh my god, it makes such a big difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone loves to talk about, oh, this is my PC hardware, and these are the mics I got. And no one wants to mention, like, hey, what chair are you sitting in? Like, right. where are you? Like, what desk do you have? Where are you storing this stuff? I mean, it, it's not a, you know, it's not a small thing to to be comfortable and to have space while podcasting. Right. And my my husband is very much about design, and he he was the the spearhead for a renovation that we just finished that took us eleven months. Um, oh boy. Yeah. And and so you know, it's this constant. If it was me, it would have been this you know big gaming monstrosity that <laughs> you know has lights and plugs things into it and you know hydraulics and everything else. And he's like, I want it to look like a house. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. <laughs> so he picked it out, but he picked, he did a very good job of picking out stuff that had room and storage and and. We have a, a five-month-old puppy, so it got all the cords off the ground so he can now be in the office with us without us worrying about him unplugging things. So it just kind of worked. Yeah, that's great. I mean, uh, it's I, I understand what it's like to work in a cramped space. So it's it's it's, it's really important to, to have that kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, feng shui in your room uh, or in your office. You know, you want to feel comfortable when you game. You don't want to feel cluttered and stressed. You're already stressed from gaming. You don't need more seriously, stress. <laughs> seriously, which is a good transition into the other thing that we've done. Um, my husband, again, not a traditional geek. He geeks out about geog- uh, geography and weather, and so he he likes science stuff, but not not a gamer at all. And so we've been talking about how. You know, we spend a lot of time doing stuff he likes, going hiking and everything. He's very outdoorsy and he refers to me as being very indoorsy. Um, so we decided, all right, well, we're going to try and start getting you to play some video games. Um, <laughs> we, we've tried Warcraft in the past. That's, that's a no go. He just doesn't like, he doesn't like magic. He doesn't like fantasy. It's not his thing. And I was like, well, I'm really into Heroes of the Storm right now. And okay, yeah. twenty minute games, they're really easy. Well, I mean they're not really easy, but the, you know, it's supposed to be one of those, you know, easy to learn, complicated to master kind of things. And there's there's a character in there where one person can drive and the other person can be like the the turret on a tank. And so this was the plan. <laughs> we tried this yesterday. Okay. And until you have sat down with somebody who has never played video games before and tried to teach them a MOBA, you don't realize that we're speaking a different language than a lot of people. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he, I, I have to, I, I will give a shout out to him later in the show, but he, he was a trooper because you could tell he was frustrated. It was like, well, you just push and click. You know, push the push the button. Push. The, he's like, I'm dead. I'm like, all right, well, we'll try again. All right, now push the button and click. I'm dead. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so you're gonna push the lane. I don't know what that means. You're gonna go down the lane. All right, what's the lane? <laughs> and so I just like something that I think is relatively. I realize now how much I am. Like I always think of myself as not. I'm a, I'm a gamer, but I'm not like hardcore. Right. But you think you, that, but <laughs> yeah, you think that. But then when you see somebody who really is not a gamer, you go, okay, all right. There's just stuff I know because I play so many of these, not because I'm good at them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
yeah, I, I came across a similar scenario where I would I would play Overwatch and my my little brother would be like, "What are you saying? Why are you shouting all the time?" And then I, you know, I I gave, I got a, a PS4 and I gave him my old one and I said, "Here, play Overwatch with us." And now he stays up till like 4 a.m. playing. He's like, "I know." what you're talking about now i know what you mean when you say drop the b and i know what you mean when you say take c and get to the payload uh it's just amazing how um how distance this this community can be from from reality sometimes yeah absolutely because i've i've been watching heroes of the storm esports I, I went to blizzcon last year and just absolutely fell in love with it and so i'll have it on up in in our on our tv and he'll come and sit down because he wants to kind of hang out but he has no idea what's going on, and I'm like, this is perfect, because I'll teach you how to play, so that way when I'm doing this, you can kind of enjoy it with me. And and it, he's still sticking with it, and he's not giving up, but... <laughs> it's a good I, spouse. Yeah, we're going ha- to have to drop the, the ten bucks to get that, that character, because up until now, you could... Like, if one person had the character, they could just play with the other person, and they would eventually unlock the character. Right. I guess they ended that recently, so... We're just gonna have to buy it, and because I think I think we have to really break this down into pieces for him. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the onus of the the gamer to teach the non-gamer. So it's it's not an easy job, but I'm glad you're doing it. Get more gamers out there. Absolutely, absolutely. I think in the long run, if we can be patient with each other, it will definitely be a good uh, good thing. <laughs> so how about you? What's what have you been up to this week? Uh, well, I have a couple of things. See, you talked about a week that wouldn't end. I, I had a week that I didn't want to end. I was on spring break because I work at a school. Oh, nice. Uh, so I, I took that newfound free time, and I ended up watching Twitch a lot. Um, so I was watching uh, H1Z1 and, and game throughs of that. Uh, I went back to Destiny, watched some trials, and um, and the new game to tie it into that I've been playing this week, along with watching, is uh, For Honor. And it's... Uh, it's it's a, a game with a ridiculously steep learning curve, and it took me about two weeks for me to finally get in the groove and, and kind of have a respectable uh, gameplay and, 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 and fighting style. But it's just this really complex uh, fighting game, kind of unlike anything we've seen before. So I don't know if you've tried out For Honor. It's on the PC as well as the the consoles, but it's 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 not an easy game to just pick up and go. No, I haven't. Is it uh, like what are, what are the what type of mechanics are we working with? Uh, so it's see, it's hard to describe. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like more like a Dark Souls or a Dynasty Warriors type thing. Okay. Uh, but the gameplay is so specific, uh, and, you know, you basically just have to chain combos and, and, and guard breaks and make sure you don't get thrown off a map and stuff like that. Um, but there's, there's, there's duels, which is one on one and elimination, which is four on four, but it's, it's a sword fighting game and you, you know, you have to be able to parry and block and, and find openings to get in attacks yourself. Uh, it's just, it's so ridiculous and, and, and there's only like, Beginners and experts at this point, um, but it, it's a fun game. It's it's hard to to master. I haven't done so yet, but it's it's currently what I'm really trying to to pick up and trying to get good at. That sounds like a lot of fun. I I've learned over over time. I'm starting to become a PvP gamer just because it tends to be short, quick, and I, and low commitment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like those sprawling MMOs, as much as I love them, I just don't have time for them. So, you know, let me jump into a game for 20 minutes, be done for the day. Yeah, I, I have Horizon Zero Dawn and Uncharted 4 and all these things just sitting on my shelf. 
and I'll pop in for honor, play a 10 minute match or destiny and play for 30 minutes and I'm, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to commit to these, you know, two hour sitting sessions where you want to get a chunk of the story out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, my, my other thing real quick is I'm, I just started American gods, the book, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that the show comes out in like a week and a half and about a, a fifth of the way through. And I'm trying to finish that before so I can start the TV show uh, all caught up on, on the lore and stuff. Yeah, I did that with my uh, I was listening to the audiobook and I kind of fell behind because I, I got distracted by podcasts, which tends to be what I do. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Audiobooks are tough for podcasters. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but I'm I'm right there with you. I do, we don't have stars, so we're gonna have to wait until it gets released on Amazon or or something else and and watch it on there. But um, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it, it looks good from the stills I've seen and yeah and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all I have for the the weekly geekery. Uh, I've been trying to catch up on sleep. It hasn't been working, but uh, <laughs> this this week that's really what I've been up to. Well, you said you you work for a school. What do you do? Uh, I'm I'm a security and a substitute, so you know whenever they need someone um, or they need they need a fight broken up or something like that. I, I'm working on getting my teacher's license, so they just have me kind of um, you know working security until I you know finish my test and and I'm able to get into a classroom. That's perfect, awesome. Yeah, I'm a I'm a high school teacher as well, so uh, I I I hear you. <laughs> yeah, parents, man, parents. Not oh great. my God, yes. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk all about conventions, because it is the season. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Do you like video games? Do you like music? Do you like video game music? Then join the Washington Metropolitan Gamers Symphony Orchestra on Twitch. Each week, we feature a game the orchestra has performed music from. Our arranger guests will chat about their process, their inspirations, and why game music is so awesome. Check us out every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at twitch.tv slash WMGSO. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So, join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. So we're here to talk about conventions we've we've reported from conventions we've mentioned conventions but we've never actually had a conversation about conventions and and tis the season so what are some of your favorite conventions that you've been to or hope to go to well i i'm I'm on the east coast so i haven't been blessed with the opportunity to go to san diego Mm -hmm. Uh, and and more so it's because like i don't want to be able to flight then i got to find a hotel um, but uh, New York Comic Con is the big convention I go to every year. Uh, I get a three-day pass and or a four-day pass, and I, you know, I, I hit up pretty much everything that you can at New York Comic Con. Um, except this year, they're not doing three-day passes. Weirdly enough, um, I also hit up uh, a bunch of ones in, in New Jersey. Uh, I've been to Baltimore 
And the the other convention, my favorite one, is actually Heroes Con over in North Carolina. Oh, wow. Yeah, Heroes Con is a more artist-focused, comic book-focused convention. Uh, It's a little smaller, but you really get to talk to and and kind of mingle with all the creators that, that make all this great stuff that you're into. And, and a lot of the up-and-comers love to go to Heroes Con because it's the convention that treats them the best. If you ask artists and writers out there, hey, which is your favorite convention, most of them will say Heroes Con is because they really put an onus on taking care of the creators that really fuel this market and fuel this, this uh, our geekdom. That's very cool. Yeah, I, um, I have a, another podcast called State of the Geek, and my co-host Kelly actually lives in North Carolina. And when we recorded, I think, our our first episode with a guest, we pulled my friend uh, Ray in. And Ray is a recruiter for an art school. And I'm pretty sure that the two of them kind of just geeked out about that one for a while because it was a good recruiting space for his school. Yeah. And I think yep. that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's my favorite one. I go there every year despite the 10-hour drive it takes me. Yeah, yeah. That's neat. Yeah, we do we do Comic Con every year, um, just because I've been going on. I've been going since it was like sixty bucks for the entire weekend. <laughs> yeah, and um, and it's and I love it, but it it every year gets harder and harder to get tickets, and so it's kind of one of those things where I, I mentioned in a previous show, it's it's going to be like getting a new car and waiting for that first ding. Yeah. Once you get yeah. the ding and you don't go, it's going to be like, all right, well, it's not the end of the world. It was just a convention. But until then, that it's like one of the most stressful mornings of my oh, life. It's un, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. There, there's two major types of geek conventions, right? There's the the big entertainment based ones, like your San Diego and your New York, and then there are the smaller, uh, really like intimate artist focused ones, like like Heroes Con. Uh, and I've learned to prefer the the latter. I, I love to go to the ones and talk to creators and stuff like that. Yeah, we we've been doing that a lot um, out here and trying to grab local ones. Uh, we we actually did a a panel at NerdCon out in Escondido, which is a little bit north of uh, of uh, San Diego. And okay, Palm Springs actually had two their first two Comic Cons just this past year. Um, they had one that was kind of locally grown. Uh, called Palm Springs Comic Con, and then one of those big boxes kind of got in there and got the the title of first one in Palm Springs uh, by uh, two months, I think, and uh, and we had Comic Con Palm Springs. Very confusing for people who aren't necessarily <laughs> watching the convention scene, right? But it's it is fun to see those because you you get to converse a little bit more closely with, like you said, with the people that are there, and you do get people who are a little bit more interested in talking to fans and and enjoying the community, uh, especially when you get local artists and local um, people who are kind of, well, this is my hometown, so of course I'm going to show up at a convention. Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to, to think about the fact that if, if a convention treats the, its guests right, which, like I said, Heroes Con does the best. Mm-hmm. They are more likely to be happy on the floor and and absolutely pr- right promoting the con. But you have something like New York, which is such uh, a mess, right? It's stressful just to be in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the time Saturday rolls along, which is their big day, many of these artists are rightfully so tired and stressed, and and they're less likely to just be their happy-go-lucky inviting self. 
Um, and that's not something that your casual con goer would think about, but that is something that, that exists. Like even these panels, the panels are better when your guests are feeling good. I mean, why do you think these actors don't do anything else at these cons? They show up, they feel great. They go to the panel, they, they smile, whatever, and they go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of these artists are there doing signings for rude people because um, they exist even in geekdom, especially in geekdom, some yeah, would say. I was going to say, especially. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that is something that, you know, if a con treats the its guests well, I mean, it, the con will flourish flourish because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a really good one that's kind of somewhere in between the two types is Phoenix Comic Con. They're really good. They pull in a lot of big names, but it's a relatively small convention by, you know, New York or San Diego standards. Right. So they're, they're a lot more accessible. Um, and it, it has a little bit of that community feel, but it's definitely a bigger convention. It's, it's kind of right there in between. It's kind of a sweet spot. Yeah. I mean, an area like Phoenix, you know, it's, it's, it's not nearly as, Stress, stressful and busy as something like San Diego or New York, mm-hmm. uh, while still being a big enough market that you can draw people to come there. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I wish I was on the on the West Coast so I could check them out. You know? <laughs> we'll have to get you out here at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's close enough to to the industry in California that you know it's right. not such a, a hard track. So a lot of people who are like, well, I'm not going out to you know the middle of nowhere, but I certainly go to Phoenix. It's only four hours away, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um what are some of the things you like do you do you enjoy startup um conventions because they're like every year there's more and more. Do you enjoy the smaller startup ones or are you kind of more of a fan of ones that have been established for a while and, and kind of know what they're doing? Cuz there there is a there is a I think a fun factor that goes into something that's very homegrown and very new, but it also does tend to come with its pitfalls. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I say I go to maybe like six to eight conventions a year, mm-hmm. and I think at least two to three are are fairly new, you know, or are first year conventions, and I like to come there and and some of them I I end up knowing, you know, somebody who's who's in the process of creating it, and I, I try to give input. Um, Especially as someone like myself who goes to all these cons, has a podcast, and, and is so plugged into this. Um, but uh, there is a sense of, um, like, <laughs> like discovery, uh, with, with these new startup conventions. Um, and there's a lot of things that they, you know, it's easy, it's glad, it's good to point out what they do right, what they do wrong, uh, try to give feedback if, if they allow it on like a website or something. But mm-hmm. I, I've made a lot of really good friends from these smaller cons, from these new cons, and, uh, um, like, you know, because these artists are so, a lot of them, they get, these guests are so new, and maybe this is their first table, this is their first booth, and they're really trying to get their name out there, and it's, and it's good to, to get a hold of those people, because, you know, in five years, in five years, they might be making the next saga, right? They might be drawing right. Spider-Man. Um, and that's happened to me a couple of times, where I, m- I make a friend, and, and three years later, he's drawing Thor or something, or, you know, I, I don't want to give the example, but... They're drawing something really good or making an indie book that is just rising, you know, top of the charts. And it's it's really great to to meet these new people, these up and comers in the smaller cons. Yeah, it's very cool to be able to catch somebody on their climb up, uh, especially especially there's a lot of there's a lot of really nice people that aren't jaded yet yeah, at that level. Yep. And, and that's and that's when you want to get them because they're um, 
you know, the, the, the one thing, one of the big things I've learned from having this podcast now is geeks just like to talk about their stuff. They like to talk about the stuff they yeah. enjoy. And, you know, you can get these, the, there was an example of a guy who, who wrote a book and had to, you know, I, had, I was interviewing a bunch of authors and his, um, publicist had him do this, this, interview and you could tell that he was an introvert he just wanted to write his books and draw his illustrations and that's what he wanted to do and i looked at his background before going into the interview the interview and i was like oh my god he's like written dungeons and dragons books and he's illustrated all of the like guides and stuff and so i just started talking to him about that we touched on his book but we started talking about all his geeky stuff and all of a sudden, it was a different interview. Like, he wasn't there to promote himself. He was just having fun talking about the stuff he liked. And it's like, you know, that's... People People just like talking about the stuff they enjoy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of goes into something that I, I tend to do at cons, is when I go get an art commission, which is my, my absolute favorite thing to do, I'll go there and be like, hey, what do you like to draw? Uh, what is your favorite superhero? What is your favorite genre? So I've gotten guys who who specialize in like superheroes. It's like, hey, do you like manga? And they're like, oh man, I love One Piece, and they'll draw their favorite character from One Piece, right? And and and, and they tend to put they put put more effort into it, you know, into something that they don't usually draw, and they love to draw. And that's the same thing, you know. You you get a, an interview with somebody who loves Dungeons and Dragons, and you talk about that instead of this book that they've been on tour talking about for a year. Right, because it, it, especially you know, because they've they've promoted the book, they've written the book. People are going to be like, okay, your book is one of many other books in that genre. Right. Why do I want to read your book? Well, because now you know the guy who wrote the book, and he likes the same stuff you like. So maybe you're going to like yeah. book more than somebody else's. You know, I I wish that more publishers would kind of try and promote their people that way. Right. You you look at something like like Deadpool. And, and, you know, nobody liked Ryan Reynolds in um, the X-Men Origins movie. But then you saw him pour his heart and soul into this project and how he talks about how much he loves it and, and, and the efforts he put behind it. Um, and it really makes you want to watch that movie going into it, right? He's, he, and this is, you know, a high-profile example, but his love for the property makes, it, makes you think that he will put more effort into this. And I think it really showed. And, and and Deadpool the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm hoping that it's carrying on to to Deadpool too. I know they've already gone through a director and Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a little worried that it's it's you know, now it's got people other people's hands in it. <laughs> but right. um but it it does come down to that, just people people pursuing what they love. Yeah, and and the inverse is when you listen to Zack Snyder talk about superheroes, like you can really tell he doesn't like them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he talks about this, oh, you can't have somebody wearing a superhero costume and take anything they say seriously. And I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's exactly what he said. And I'm like, why, why are you making this movie then? Right. Uh, it doesn't, you know, but you get someone like Joss Whedon who loves comic books, who loves superheroes, who was written for X-Men, and he comes out and makes Avengers, which is just this absurd mega hit. And, and, it, and it works. Right, he he loves the the property. You get someone who loves something, and he makes something similar to it, and you can really see the love in it. Absolutely. Now, do you have um do you have tips for people going to con cons? Because I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I really want to go, I really want to go, but actually haven't been. Uh, any any tips out there for people who are maybe going to their first con this season? Yeah. So number one, 
you have to plan ahead when you're going, especially to something like San Diego or New York. You have to know what you're getting into, where the things you want to get into are. Um, so number one is, is to know exactly what you want. So I had somebody and she was like, oh, I, I kind of want to go to that Walking Dead panel. And she's like, maybe I'll just show up on Saturday and try to get in. When in reality, you have to be there at 4 a.m. in line to get a wristband to get, you know, to get into that panel. Uh, And that's not something everyone knows. Right. So if you like I had to I went at 5 a.m. to go get a wristband to get a signing from Jim Lee. Um, If you know, the famous X-Men, Superman, Batman artist. and, And there were people in line tried to come on and they were like, hey, is this the line for Jim Lee? I'm like, do you have a wristband? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, you can't get it, you know, so it's it's you don't want to miss out by being misinformed. Right. Uh, so rule number one is to is to do your homework, get there, whatever time you need to be, know where your panels are, make a schedule. And, and then, on that note, yeah. decide what is worth waiting in line for. Absolutely. And, and what's worth missing, because I know that that a lot of my friends and I have moved off of the. The Hall H Room 21 stuff that's going to have all the lines that you have to wait for hours and hours and hours in because that means that's what we do that day. That's your, yeah, that's your whole day. Yeah. That's and, rough. Yeah. And, and if you've got other stuff you want to see, you kind of have to weigh your, you know, weigh your options. And I've, I've found that anything that's going to be announced, you might not see the trailer for the new movie yet, but you're going to see it in two, two months. Yeah. You may not see this special yep. clip, but you're going to see it when the movie comes out. But you could also sit in on a much smaller panel with, you know, this author that you love that is maybe not quite as big, and you might find that more fulfilling. So you really have to make those choices. Are, are you going to wait in line for the big one, or are you going to sit in the room all day and, and kind of absorb um, other stuff while you're waiting for your panel to come up? Or are you going to go after some of the smaller stuff that may not be as big of a hype, but is a little bit more personal to you? Right, like that that interview with your favorite author. That's not showing up on YouTube. No, you know, Hall H material almost always ends up on YouTube. You know, that stuff is covered up the wazoo, and but you'll never, you know, you might not get another chance to to do something else. Uh, like I, 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 I made the commitment to to get something signed by Stanley like three, four years ago. And and now he's he's quitting convention scenes. You know, it's something as simple as that. Like, you know, that that took some time, but I thought that was worth it at the time. He's ninety years old, uh and he's ninety three now, ninety four or something like that. So, you know, I thought that was worth putting six hours into total. Yeah, absolutely. And because, you know, he's unfortunately not going to be with us for all that much longer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another tip I have is to to bring um, to to be prepared when it comes to food and and water. Yes. Um, I have I have like four Nalgene bottles, and I always bring one um, because you know you you go get it filled at a uh, water fountain. Um, you, you bring it in empty is, is is what I suggest because it's mu- so much lighter. And then you bring, you know, you get some cliff bars, some granola bars, some some protein bars, something light, uh, you know, something you could just eat quickly that'll fill you up for that extra hour, extra two hours you need, um, so that you can leave the convention and grab something to eat instead of buying something in there, which is, you know, that costs an arm and a leg. 
Yeah, because it is very expensive in in most conventions. It's funny because that was the indicator to my husband the first time I took him to San Diego Comic-Con. This was not going to be an experience for him because I was like <laughs> locking everything down. Here's our food for the next three days. Here's And he's just like, what are we doing? And I'm like, well, we're going to be in line for a really long time and you don't want to have to jump out of line to eat. So <laughs> yeah, he's he hasn't really been back to too many <laughs> show comics. Yeah, I totally understand that. Um, another fun thing is I, I tend to, I bring a foldable chair, a portable chair. I bring that with me. Mm-hmm. Because 90% of your time is spent in line. And uh, especially when you want to get that Walking Dead wristband and you got to be there at 5 a.m., uh, nobody's judging you for bringing a foldable chair and sitting for the three hours where you're just holding a spot in line. Right. And there's some camping chairs out there that are really lightweight that you can carry around that aren't a, aren't a burden. Yeah. Uh, what I did one year is I, I brought it because I, I went at 5 a.m. I went to Artist Alley in New York Comic Con and I put it in the corner and and nobody touched it. I just picked it up at the end of the day. And, and that's not always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyone can steal it, but it's a $10 chair. That's worth the investment of, you know, wanting to cut off my feet at the end of the day. Right. Right. And then on that note, know, know what the weather's going to be like. Oh, yes. Very important. If you're going to be there from four until, you know, 11 or midnight at night, four in the morning to, to midnight at night, um, you're going to want to have layers and options. If you're cosplaying, <laughs> good luck yeah. to you. Yep. But for those of us who don't cosplay, um, layers, jackets, stuff that's lightweight but insulated, so that way if you're do, if you cold, you can have it on, but if you're warm, it goes in a backpack or something, and it's not burdensome. Yeah. Uh, another, uh, going going on cosplay, some, some etiquette. Um, always ask for a picture for a cosplayer. Uh, if you are cosplaying, please be polite. I mean, if that's it, if it's at the end of the day and you're tired, you don't want to take another picture, you don't got to snap at somebody. Um, I, I, I famously cosplay as, um, Russell, the little boy from Up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm an Asian guy with the, the chinky eyes and the chubby cheeks. So I really pull off that costume, uh, quite accurately. And, uh, and, and please just, People, especially little kids, like just take the pictures with the little kids. I don't. If you're cosplaying, you should know that pe- if you're if you have a good costume, people are going to want to take pictures. Be prepared for that uh, on on both ends. Be prepared to ask and to to if you're dressed up for people to ask you. Yeah, and and one of the things I've heard from cosplayers is it's okay to to delay people if you're um, you know especially if you're like eating dinner. Or oh yes. You, to, to say, you know what, I'm I'm in the middle of eating, but if you give me five minutes, I'll, I'll be more than happy to take a picture with you. You know, just communication is is usually a big thing. And because if they don't have five minutes, then you say, well, then you know, I that's what I that's what I can give you. But I, people are a lot more receptive when you're when you're honest with them, and and then you're not getting frustrated, they're not getting frustrated, and it it kind of helps people out. Yeah, one last thing on cosplay. Uh, cosplay is not consent. Please don't touch people. Right. If they're cosplaying, like it's 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 sad that I have to bring this up every time, but it's a consistent problem year to year that jerks out there, man or woman, or whatever, are just really inappropriate at touching people. Just because they're dressed a certain way doesn't invite you to do anything to them at all. No, I, and I I was at a panel at Palm Springs Comic Con about 
cosplay and body image and everything else. And the story these people, the stories that these people were telling, I was just like, really? I, what is wrong with people? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like come it's on, really. Uh, um, one last tip I have, and this is something that's you know talked about in the buying and selling community is cash is king. Always have cash. I, yeah, uh, vendors will, will won't, won't charge you tax. Uh, it just makes makes their um their process so much easier. It makes it easier for you. It makes fraud almost impossible because <laughs> no one's gonna have your card information. Uh, it's just a real simple rule that you should follow. Just bring cash, and it helps you on your budget too. You don't want to go over budget. Oh, I only have three hundred dollars. I only have a hundred bucks. Like it, it helps so much with with so many aspects. Just just bring the cash, guys. Yeah, make sure it's secure in some place where people aren't going to be able to just lift it. Oh, yes. Because you are often packed in like sardines. So, you know, put it where it's going to be easily accessible for you, but not easily accessible for others. Yeah, there was this, the story of last year's Star Wars celebration where a guy was like literally had his hand out to give the cash to the vendor and someone just ran by, snatched it and was lost in the crowd. It was like $400. Oh, my just God. Just gone. Yeah. And I mean, like, that is a very rare thing that might happen. But, you know, be uh, be careful out there. Um, be aware of meeting points if you go with a lot of people because you will get separated. Oh, for sure. Have yes. a place to, to meet. Have a place to um, and you're, you're going to get separated and there's no guarantee that your phones will work because everybody's oh. going to make calls. Yeah. So the the towers are always so overwhelmed whenever conventions are happening like even somewhere like new york right where you think oh new york has got tons of signal everywhere nope in the javits center with a billion people there and and everyone hooked onto the wi-fi so that doesn't work either uh, it's really hard to get a hold of people so yeah, you know and, yeah, and all yeah. all people both on on the uh you know lte and on the wi-fi are all playing pokemon go so <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help anything I imagine that'll make a glorious comeback this summer, uh, Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was it was huge at Comic-Con. It was like everybody was trying. Even the panelists. The panelists were sitting there going, hold on, I'm, ca- I'm catching a Pikachu. I someone someone yell out. And do it as well. Yeah, like someone yell out, there's a Charizard. Imagine just everyone pulling their phone out ready for to <laughs> try and catch it. Uh, I actually have a really cool con story. Uh, I was just walking by with my cousin, and um, and we knew that Max Brooks was going to be at the con at New York Comic Con this one year. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, we really can't find him. He's not in any panels, but we know he's here. And we're walking by, and we see this guy just sitting down all by his lonesome with some stuff in front of him, and it's Max Brooks. Oh my god! And like, and we luckily we know what he looks like. Well, first of all, he looks just like his dad. So. Right. You know, it looks like Mel Brooks. Uh, and we, we got to talk to him. Nobody else around. Nobody crowding us. And here's the, the guy who wrote World War Z. And, and, you know, this was, I think, the year before the movie came out. So he wasn't this huge figure. But, you know, keep keep a lookout. I mean, we, we got an awesome book signed. He's, you know, my cousin got his book signed, which looks like it went through World War Z because he reads it so much. Right. <laughs> and he got he signed uh, to CJ. This book has seen some action. And I, I gave him my book, and he's like, what's your name? I'm like, my name's Ariel. And he goes, oh, Ariel, good name. And he wrote, to Ariel, the mermaid of death. And, he, <laughs> and I was like, all, all right. Um, but, but be on the lookout if you're an observant person for 
the the guests and the the celebrities that go out in costume or that are just sitting around tables and the ones that try to hide because you never know when you might find Adam Savage or or like or Mark Ruffalo or Jared Leto walking around like you must feel dumb when you take a picture with a guy in a mask and you go on the internet and it turns out to be Mark Ruffalo which is what happened last year for some people yeah which is kind of crazy uh pro tip for Max Brooks if you are a teacher uh he loves teachers um, oh. He, he's oh, yes. Yeah. A big fan of teachers. So, uh, just like my my Max Brooks signing story is, I had him sign my World War Z, and I said, um, I think I'm keeping you in business because your your books get stolen out of my classroom more often than any other book I own. <laughs> and it's true because the kids love them, and it's not that they're trying to to steal them; they just forget to give them back. But All right. Uh, but he's like, I think, I think that's a compliment. I'm like, it's definitely a compliment. <laughs> your, your books are very popular with my students. And he's like, well, thank you for introducing me to your students. Yeah. I mean, not everybody's Stephen King and, and everyone knows what he looks like. I mean, find a picture of your favorite author. Maybe you'll find him walking around comic cons. Yeah. Same thing with artists. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Make sure you, you know who those people are. <laughs> yep. Awesome. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should cover. We covered a good a good swath of of kind of convention survival. Are yeah. You, are you are you looking forward to anyone's coming up? Yeah, like I said, I'm up you know, I'll be at New York Comic Con, uh despite the fact that they aren't selling three days and they're cutting Artist Avenue in half. Ooh. Uh due to construction, which is kind of a bummer because that's my favorite part. Right. Um uh, Heroes Con, of course, I'll be going to. Um, there's not, I don't think there's too many I'm going to this year. I'll, I'll go to a couple of local Jersey ones. Um, but there's, there's this con that's, um, that's happening, I think next year, next April. It's called Universal Fan Con, and it's something I supported on Kickstarter, yes. which is, yeah, did you see that? Universal Fan Con? Yeah, because I'm, uh, um, I'm big fans of, I think that's the one that's being put out by Jamie Broadnax of, um, Black Girl Nerds. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, like, I'm not a part of this, this con in any way. I just think that it's such a great idea of this idea of an all-inclusive con, you know, kind of focused on people who are, uh, cut out from the conversation and, 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 you know, whether that's, you know, members of LGBT like yourself or, or minorities, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Filipino guy. Um, and, you know, of course that is, <laughs> that's a minority. So, you know, black women are, are out there spearheading this movement. And I think it's such an important thing to, to promote because people like us, we feel marginalized in this community sometimes. It's ruled by, by white males. Yeah, um, white males. Straight white males. Yes. Uh, and so, and and in the, like you know, it's it's such a great idea. It's something I support on Kickstarter, and I'm excited to go to, uh, whenever it is. That's in I think it's in Baltimore. So that is something I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Yeah, I I that that fell off my radar. I was I was there and and contributed the the Kickstarter, but completely because it's not until 2018, I don't think, unless right. they pushed it up. Um, and so it just kind of fell off my my radar, but you're right. I've, I've got to make sure I've got that on the calendar because it's definitely something I want to go to. And um, a lot of the people I've met on the East Coast via Twitter and podcasting, I might actually get to meet in person, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like myself, I'll be there. Absolutely. And that's and that's one of the great things about conventions is it's a great like we always call it our kind of yearly pilgrimage when we go to San Diego. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing to be able to meet people who are 
into the same stuff you are and strike up conversations when you're waiting in line. And I, I think the best example of that for me was I, I was lucky enough to grab uh, BlizzCon tickets last year. And uh, that one's especially unique situation because you know everyone there plays at least one of five games and that's what they're <laughs> there for so if you play any any number of the blizzard games you're going to have something to talk to with those people around you. <laughs> yep uh, yeah comic cons can be a mixed bag but that's definitely a pretty specific con right absolutely and I, what, one thing i do like that they do is with um you know they broadcast all their stuff online and i think a lot of the bigger conventions are starting to realize that there's a market for people who aren't going to make it to the convention but would be perfectly happy to sit home and watch the different panels from home so hopefully they kind of started to do that with comic-con this year hopefully they'll start adding that kind of stuff in as well as as the years progress because i think there's definitely a market and i think it'll kind of cut down on the the number of people who are you know really pushing to get those tickets because they're like well if i don't get a ticket i can still participate from home yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great con that I you know I haven't been to. I'm not too much of a gamer, like I said, but mm. uh, that's a great experience, BlizzCon. Yeah, it definitely is, definitely is. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Ariel, for for talking conventions with us and giving us some tips as we go into the summer and start picking up a lot of these conventions. Although I guess there's really not a season anymore because there's just so many. There's, yeah, it's all year round. round. Yeah, we just I guess we equate the season with New York Comic, uh, San Diego Comic Cons. I guess that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have any shout-outs for anybody out there? Not really. Most of my friends and family don't even listen to my podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a shout-out to all the fans of Geek 101, uh, both present and future, since I, I'm sure that some of you will be looking up the podcast after this episode. Uh, so check that out. Check it, you know, check out my podcast, Geek 101 Podcast. Yeah, definitely. I, I've been uh, checking it out since... Uh, you contacted me, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. So I I highly recommend. Thanks, thanks. Um, I'd like to give a quick shout out to some of my new listeners because um, I've been I've been getting some messages from people on Twitter, and I'm I'm having fun talking to, with you guys. So uh, hit me up on Twitter, say hi, tell me what you're into, and we're gonna try and get some of those topics on on the show. I know there's some people I'm, I'm looking right now for. People who are experts in manga, people who are experts in collectible card games. Uh, these are some of the things that people have asked for, and I, I don't have a tie to yet, but I will find them. So let us know what you are interested in geeking out about. And we'll, you know, part of the reason why we have this show is to learn about areas of geekdom we're not terribly familiar with. So, you know, start sending me your suggestions or people you think I should uh, I should get in touch with. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. Next week, we're going to be talking to Kyle Ferguson of Into the Nexus and uh, Solo Q&A about Heroes of the Storm. This comes at a perfect time because they're switching over to 2.0, so there's going to be a lot of changes in the game. And I am trying to teach my husband how to play, <laughs> so <laughs> I can get some help from one of the experts and get a little a little bit of a head start on how to uh, help my husband kind of get a grasp on this game. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. It is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. 
Check out other geek to geek shows such as geek to geek Podcast, Video Game News Now, Geek Fitness Health Hacks, and The Comic Box. And make sure to join us on our Reddit community at forward slash r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geek2dude.com, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgrays. Where can we find you? You can find me at Dread Pirate Rada, uh, much like the uh, famous book The Princess Bride, the Dread Pirate Roberts. And you can find my show at Geek101 Podcast, both on Twitter. Yeah, definitely check that out. It's an awesome Twitter handle, by the way. <laughs> I <laughs> saw that. I was like, that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us and talking to us about conventions. Thank you, Joe. And uh, and we'll hopefully get you on uh, to, to talk about that uh, new podcast when you're getting ready to launch it. <laughs> great. That'd be a great idea. Thanks. Absolutely. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek.